Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with grain elevator photographer Chris Attrell. Also, we'll hear from the executive director with Clean Farms. And up first in today's country comment, we'll check in with a cattle farmer in southwestern Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The 2021 Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association Regenerative Agriculture Conference takes place November 15th to the 17th at the Victoria Inn, Brandon. There will also be virtual registration. Ryan Boyd, a cattle farmer near Forest, Manitoba, is the committee chair. It's a jam-packed agenda. Uh, the, the excitement in the room is going to be fantastic. Um it's going to be great to get together in person at the Vic Inn. And, of course, if you can't make it in person, the opportunity exists to, to sign up online and follow along um, online as the conference goes. How many uh, people are you expecting um, in person there? Well, we're, we're expecting 200, but we do have capacity for a little more than that. Um, the registrations are filling up quick, so we'll, we'll see what we end up with. But there is going to be a, a very good crowd in, in person there at the Vic Inn. All right. And uh, just uh, wondering, you know, on, on your farm there heading, heading uh, into winter, you know, how are things uh, looking? How are things looking? Well, we started off, as you know, quite dry this summer. We have been very fortunate to, to receive some late-season rains, and I think that has to do with... Uh, how our pastures regrew, um, you know, the management, you could really see how the, the management had an impact on just what was allowed to regrow. So, so yeah, we're in pretty good shape here on our farm. Uh, there's, there's feed going into winter, not extreme, not excess feed, but, but we do have just enough. And uh, the fall has been open. We're actually just trying to combine a bit of corn here while the, while the weather is holding decent that was ryan boyd he's the committee chair for the 2021 manitoba forage and grassland association regenerative agriculture conference taking place november 15th to the 17th at the victoria inn brandon there will also be virtual registration a look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up good afternoon i'm Corey canute a new habitat friendly winter wheat eco label program was launched this week the program helps consumers identify food and drink items made using western canadian winter wheat providing critical habitat for ducks birds and other wildlife it's a partnership between cereals canada ducks unlimited prairie winter wheat growers and end users including millers and food processors daniel ramage is with cereals canada Telling that story, that sustainability story, and helping consumers recognize it, we can create more demand for a crop like winter wheat. And so the benefit there is that it helps to sustain opportunities for more diversity in a farmer's crop rotation. Research has proved that ducks nesting in winter wheat are 24 times more successful than those nesting in spring-sown cereals. And Marie-Claude Bebo says she's excited to continue her role as Canada's Agriculture Minister. She talked about her priorities going forward. When I think about the, our Western producers, uh, I want to keep working with them to help them rebound, uh, bounce back from, from the drought because I know it's been a very, very difficult summer for them. So this is uh, definitely top of mind for me. It's another example that... Uh, the climate is changing and that we really have to double down on our efforts uh, to have a more sustainable agriculture. 
Bebo says labor will also be a key focus. The country's agriculture ministers will be meeting next week in Guelph to talk about the next egg policy framework. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, November 4th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the executive director with Clean Farms. On the program today, reporter Scott Bolton chats with executive director of Clean Farms, Barry Friesen. Saskatchewan has been a leader in grain bags, both in use of grain bags in Canada, as well as they were the first province to start up a grain bag recycling program. And uh, it's a government-regulated program. However, we are a private sector company. We're a not-for-profit, and we collect grain bags at 44 locations around the province. And farmers can drop their grain bags once they're used, uh, empty and used, drop them off free of charge, and we take, collect them and recycle them into new products. It was quite a, uh, quite a challenge because, you know, these are very large pieces of plastic, as any farmer knows that uses them. And, you know, once they're emptied, they're a great product to use, but once they're emptied, what do they do with them? And uh, they were tried to use them for all kinds of innovative uses, making little hot tubs and whatnot. But uh, there's only, but there's a lot of plastic, and uh, they fill up landfills. They're not easy to burn, and uh, it's not a good thing to burn them anyway. And uh, so, uh, once the program came on board, it solved a real problem for them, not only for the farmer but also for the environment, because loose grain bags uh, uh, it would litter the 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 back forty of farms and the like, and uh, it, it was just a lot of volume of material to, to deal with. So it's a great program. By, we keep it in the economy by making new products out of it. And uh, so it's a great uh, in use for the, for the grain bags. So you'd say that so far it's been a success? Very much a success. In Saskatchewan, we are now collecting 63% of all the grain bags that go into the market. Um, a real testament uh, for a fairly new program. And uh, and uh, not only that, but we recycle almost all of them now uh, within Canada. When we started, we only had markets in the United States to, and sometimes overseas. But now uh, we have a couple of facilities just in in the neighboring Alberta to to really good uh, recycling facilities. And the next step will actually be to move them back into making them into new grain bags as well. And so there's a manufacturer in Edmonton, for instance, that makes a lot of them. And they're very interested in incorporating them in new new grain bags and other types of sort of sheeting products they use right back on the farm. So we call that circular economy, and uh, we're really looking forward to, to that next step. I don't know if you have uh, any numbers in yet, but how are things kind of going this year? They're going very well. As you know, everybody in, in Saskatchewan knows, it was a, a much poorer growing year this year than, than other years because of the drought. Um, we're tracking fairly well. We've collected over 2,000 tons uh, of, of the material. Uh, last year, for the whole year, we collected 2,500 tons. The, the year is not up yet, and uh, so we're, we're continuing to collect. We're not sure where we're going to end up, but I'm pretty sure that we'll get the same collection rate that we had. Uh, there may be, uh, we, we don't know yet, of course, uh, how much was used in, in the market this year because of the the, the lower volumes of material that was generated uh, on the farms, but uh, even still, it's very, very good. And farms 
farmers continue to step up to the plate and do the right thing and take the grain bags back once they're empty. Are there any other kinds of, I guess, farm waste that could benefit from a program kind of like this? Oh, for sure. We're, we've started a, a pilot program to collect twine as well throughout Saskatchewan. Um, we already run the, our container program for pesticide and fertilizer containers from, you know, a, a typical 10-liter container all the way up to 1,000-liter bulk containers. We collect them. Uh, it's paid for by industry, and farmers can bring them back to their ag retail in Saskatchewan free of charge. Uh, we're going to be starting a seed and pesticide bag program uh, very soon. We've already operated a pilot in Saskatchewan. And most ag retailers will take them back as well once they're empty. Then we, we collect them for recycling or safe disposal. And then all of the other plastic products uh, that we currently don't collect, and once once is a program, things like bale wrap, uh, silage film. Um, and, you know, as I said, we've already collecting twine on a pilot basis, but we're looking forward to making that a permanent program. And uh, there's a number of other smaller pieces of all kinds of different plastics, great tools for farmers to use, but they will need a disposal option. So we're looking forward to eventually having a full scale, you know, if, if it's plastic, you can bring it back and we'll manage it. And, and on top of that, we also already operate an obsolete uh, or unwanted pesticide and animal health product uh, program. Every three years uh, it, it, in, in Saskatchewan, we actually do Saskatchewan over two years set up locations where farmers can take these materials back and we, uh, we collect them free of charge for safe disposal. We're really pleased in Saskatchewan. Our container recycling program is we're reaching upwards of 80% of all the containers coming back um, with, a, with a very new program, 63% of all the grain bags being uh, taken back for recycling. And our seed and pesticide bag program is just in its infancy and it's starting and uh, it's real testament to the fact that farmers want to do the right thing. And every time they do so, not only do they, you know, clean up their own farm, but they're helping support uh, the economy by keeping these materials in the economy and we can recycle them into new things. So a real testament to the fact that farmers want to leave their land in as good or better condition when they started. That was Barry Friesen. He's the executive director with Clean Farms. Chatting with reporter Scott Bolton. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings are on now. You can go to their website for details. Canada's Outdoor Farm Show is hosting an online event November 10th entitled What a Year Celebration of Egg Innovation. Go to OutdoorFarmShow.com. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association Regenerative Agriculture Conference takes place November 15th to the 17th at Brandon's Victoria Inn. The Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance is planning its annual conference for November 17th and 18th. Go to HempTrade.ca. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference is planned to be held virtually November 22nd and 23rd. And the Association of Manitoba Municipalities is holding its fall convention November 22nd to the 24th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, Saskatchewan photographer Chris Attrell has released a new book capturing photos of old grain elevators across the prairies. 
Golden West, Rob Carney chatted with Chris about grain elevators, beacons of the prairies. Yeah, I started this back in 2003 when I still lived in Calgary. I've always loved the grain elevators. And then in 2003, I went for a road trip just as they were tearing down a grain elevator in Champion, Alberta. So that's when I began to journey to make sure I capture as many as I can before they're all gone. Do you know off the top of your head how many are left? Yeah, there's approximately 400 of the old classic wooden grain elevators still left across B.C., Saskatchewan, Alberta, and Manitoba. And you feature uh, grain elevators from all four of those provinces in, in this wonderful book. And uh, like, the, uh, like the text says, um, uh, in, in some cases, some of these grain elevators are all that's left of, of some of these communities. And some of the, the photos are actually quite haunting, aren't they? Yeah, so you get to some of those small towns where the, the trains were pulled out in like the 60s or 70s. Somehow the grain elevator survived, but the rest of the town did not. So it looks kind of lonely and, you know, like isolated. I want to go through some of the photos and, and, uh, and ask you about them. Uh, on page 14, Climax, Saskatchewan. Uh, you got a wonderful photo of the grain elevator there at nighttime at, with a shooting star. Yes, that one is actually the Neowise Comet. If you remember, like, last July, a year ago, we had that Neowise Comet for, like, two weeks. So I timed it for the peak time when it was going to be at its brightest, and I went and sat, because what better place than have a beautiful grain elevator at Climax Saskatchewan with that massive comet behind it? Unbelievable. How many photos did you take to get that one? Actually, that was pretty much it. I mean, I planned that one really good, and I knew I just, it was just the timing. So the hardest part was waiting the hour and a half until it was in the right spot. Wow. And then click, and you had it. <laughs> yeah, it was actually that simple. Wow, absolutely fabulous. Uh, page 23, I want to talk to you about uh, Thunder Creek, Saskatchewan, and the old elevator there, which still stands, right? Oh, yeah, it's family-owned now. Someone bought it, and they use it still. Wow. Uh, still bears the name of the Searle Grain Company. Uh, it was built in 1936, later owned by the Wheat Pool, and closed in 79 before being sold to the, the Marzoff family. So uh, so there's that. And that, of course, is in nearby Thunder Creek, uh, just uh, west-northwest of Moose Jaw. Gravelberg, the old elevator there, got a, you got a nice shot of that one. Yes, and that one, one, that grain elevator in Gravelberg is special because it was community support to save their oldest grain elevator, and they managed to not only fundraise and do it and pull it off, but they've given it a nice paint job. And I'm really happy that it was, um, some communities were able to save one. Yeah, and that one's 106 years old, which is absolutely remarkable. Uh, perhaps my favorite photo uh, in the book, uh, page 38, uh, from Rex, Saskatchewan. You've got uh, three cows looking at you, a beautiful old pioneer grain elevator with a rainbow right over the elevator. That was perfect timing. Yeah, sometimes it is really about perfect timing. And if you notice a lot of the pictures in the book, I prefer doing photography when the weather's not really what you call nice, like thunderstorms, middle of the night snow. And that one, the rain, the thunderstorm just passed. And I couldn't believe I got all three, cows, rainbow, and a pioneer grain elevator. Fabulous. Uh, by the way, where is Rex, Saskatchewan? It's right along the Alberta-Saskatchewan border, north of Lloydminster. Okay. Chris Atrell's our guest, and he has just produced, uh, just published, uh, thanks to uh, McIntyre Purcell Publishing, a brand new picture book called Grain Elevators, Beacons of the Prairies, uh, just in time for uh, Christmas. 
Um, let's go to Mortlack, Saskatchewan. Uh, you got a nice shot of the old Wheat Pool and Patterson elevators, which are side by side. Yeah, that, and the sad thing is both of them are gone now. But one of my first trips through Saskatchewan, I stopped in Mortlack, and I just love that old green elevator with the classic Saskatchewan Wheat Pool logo on it. So I really, really like that one a lot. And it's right along the highway, so I'm sure most people in Saskatchewan who drove down Highway 1 remember seeing the Mortlack grain elevators. And you got the old Patterson uh, grain elevator in uh, Kipling, and that one's still around, right? No, sadly they tore that one down last year. Oh. I like that sort of style of grain elevator, but they just finally tore them down. One by one, we're losing us like five to ten a year now. That was Chris Attrell, a photographer who's released a new book capturing photos of old grain elevators. Rob Carney was chatting with Chris about grain elevators, beacons of the prairies. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Labor will be a key focus for Marie-Claude Bebo as she continues on with her role as Federal Agriculture Minister. This is, I would say, one of the most important issues. I hear that everywhere across the country, and actually it's not limited to agriculture and agri-food, but it is extremely important in our sector. So temporary foreign workers is, is one part of the the answer, and I will keep working with Minister Qualtro, is still in our same portfolio, so this is good. We will be able to continue working on the reform for the, the Temporary Foreign Workers Program. Bebo says she also wants to keep working with farmers to help them bounce back from this year's drought. The country's agriculture ministers will be meeting next week in Guelph to talk about the next ag policy framework. And research by Ducks Unlimited shows that winter wheat provides critical habitats for wildlife. As a result, a new habitat-friendly winter wheat eco-label program was launched this week. The program helps consumers identify food and drink items made using Western Canadian winter wheat. It's a partnership between Cereals Canada, Ducks Unlimited, Prairie Winter Wheat Growers, and end users, including millers and food processors. Daniel Ramage with Cereals Canada talked about how farmers will benefit. We know that winter wheat acres have been declining, and so... The idea here is that we can create some market demand, create some pull, uh, and that'll help sustain winter wheat as uh, a strong option uh, over the long term that can be used in in crop rotation. It's also a way to create value. We can unlock higher profits when consumers start viewing winter wheat as a premium product. Research has proved that ducks nesting in winter wheat are 24 times more successful than those nesting in spring-sown cereals. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.